What's up, folks? We're live this week for the Big Go Bell podcast. The whole team is here. We got a lot to talk about. Definitely going to be talking about the pay-per-views over the weekend to a little bit of a controversial interview that happened (laughs) recently. Uh, Moving up into a return of talent to AEW. So a couple of things that we'll be talking about. We will be announcing our winner of our contest in the middle of the show, um, as well as our high-low cameo time. So uh, we have a uh, we have definitely have a packed show for the night. The whole crew is here. Uh, so before we get started, just want to make sure I see how everybody is because we haven't talked since last week. But hey, how's everybody going? Okay. Hey, okay. <laughs> COVID free. <laughs> Another week in the books. <laughs> um, I know we were supposed to be like talking about like wrestling and all that other good stuff, but like, what is your quick reactions to? The Washington football team name. <laughs> a work in progress. <laughs> Create a player. That's what I got. That's yeah, exactly. The, player. the default name. <laughs> the default name and color schematic. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I oh, think man. that they missed a golden opportunity to change the, um, the logo and the mascot to a potato. I <laughs> mean... <laughs> Also, too, in the NHL, uh, Seattle got a new team today, too, which Release is way more exciting. Yeah. I am definitely on the bandwagon. I cannot wait until they have uh, games and everything is safe enough so that I can go and see a game at the crack house. Uh, <laughs> I am a crackhead already. <laughs> I can't wait to, for me and all my crack addicts uh, from here to Seattle to go and release the Kraken. I got some squid that I'm going to cut up and throw on the ice. It's going to be a good time. Oh, this is going to be awesome, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. A side note, uh, Jamal, happy opening day to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good time. The weird thing about watching new sports without a crowd is how the commentators are still so shocked and, and stuff like that. And it's... It's like, well, wait a minute. Don't y'all watch wrestling? I mean, you know, this is March. <laughs> so if you're going to say that, like, you know, they're going to they have cutouts of fans in the stands or healthcare workers or season ticket holders or whoever, they pipe in crowd noise. And the guy is obviously playing on Xbox because he really doesn't know how to get the buttons right. You know, <laughs> the same sound that they hit for a two run single, they hit for, you know, a walk. And it's like, sir, this, this is not it, this is not how you pipe in crowd noise. You should have actually played, you know, 2K17 when it was good to listen to how the crowd reacts to a video game. But and it's it's a weird time, but things are stubbornly moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our Washington Nationals raised that banner today as they opened uh, opened the season with the Yankees. I thought the game was going to be rained out because we've been having mm-hmm. nothing but rain the last few days, and it was calling for it today, but uh, that wasn't the issue. So. But yes, sports is returning. Nonetheless, we will be talking about wrestling uh, tonight. And I think we're going to shift. Like I said, we're going to start talking about um, what happened over the weekend. That's Impact Wrestling had Slammiversary. And, you know, we could break down the show and stuff really quick. But kind of just the touch on just Impact in general. We're seven months, about eight months in for the year. Uh, what would you guys say your assessment is for Impact, considering now that they put on their biggest show of the year um, and a lot of different things came about it? Uh, you know, obviously new signees, uh, new champions, and and just, you know, they did a very hard pivot 
towards uh, a new era, as you can see on Tuesday night. Uh, we're just updating everything, the opening videos, uh, just the graphics and all that other good stuff. But what will be your assessment of impact now uh, looking at things uh, about eight months in for the year? Eh, I mean, like, I, I really want to be on the impact bandwagon in the same way that I really want to be on the New Japan or just Japanese wrestling in general bandwagon. But for me, there's nothing that really makes me want to go, oh, yeah, I need to see that. I mean, there, there isn't any precedent for Impact. And there isn't any, I don't want to say buzz, because that's not true. I mean, Slammiversary is probably the most talked about thing that Impact has done since Tessa won the World Championship, uh, you know, a while back. So for me, it's still kind of meh. Uh, I don't really, there isn't anybody that I really need to see an impact. And even though they put on a, a you know, use all the laser uh, light production for Slammiversary and that fog machine was on 11, uh, it still was kind of like, it, it was an okay show. There were some highs, there were some lows. And, that, and that's part of the problem. It's a good show for impact. And, and this far along in the game, especially since the, the their previous turmoil, we really, I shouldn't be saying that. And I don't, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but it was just, it was a big ball of okay. And I don't know how that's going to uh, affect things going forward. I would agree with you 100%, Jamal, because when I think of Impact, I try to look at it as their peak when they went live on Monday nights to try to compete with Monday Night Raw um, and see the slow steps they're trying to get back to that point or at least a respectable way. But right now, I agree with you. I just see it as a, a big bag of okay. Um, I know they're trying hard. They're doing what they can on Tuesday nights. But um, to me, it, and, and it's, I know they have talent. They have good talent. You know, they're trying to use recycled WWE talent. They're trying to push their own talent, We're using a couple of ROH talent. I'm happy for Moose being champion, you know, in, in his own right. But it's just not nothing that's intriguing me just to say, oh, I got to watch it. And now you have something like AEW that's kind of competing at that mid-tier as a tier two type of, uh, wrestling promotion, and I think there's still gaps and bounds away from what AEW is doing. Um, it just doesn't catch me to say I gotta watch it. Um, it, I mean, they're trying, but it's, I'm not running to it. So I'm gonna use you were two ask- words. Oh, who's gonna go first? Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna use two words here to think about impact this week cautiously optimistic mm. is what I'm gonna say going mm. into this because I'm excited to see the new faces mm-hmm. i'm excited to see that it is definitely new now at this point a very different company than it used to be having not tuned into impact for a very long time yeah. people who looked in this week i think it's very clear they're not seeing the same old formerly tna wrestling anymore it's definitely got a new flavor it's different it feels different it's got a whole new vibe to it which is great that's what it's needed shaking off the stink of TNA has always been the biggest issue with impact. I'm excited to see the new faces that showed up this week between the formerly Heath Slater, now just Heath. And let's see who else we had. Heath, we had the, um, how Motor we had our guys. Motor City Machine Guns. Motor City Machine Guns Eric returning, Young. of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eric Young, absolutely. The Good Brothers. The Good, brothers, the good yeah. brothers. A lot of new faces coming in. A lot of new faces coming in, and that was cool. That's really cool to see. And what I also like about it is it's setting the precedent that not everybody needs to go to AEW. 
There's other places out there. The more mm-hmm. players we have involved, the more destinations we have, the better. Let's get beyond the idea of everyone that leaves WWE is like, oh, they got to go to AEW. No, they don't need to go to AEW. There's <laughs> other destinations. Everyone can't go to AEW. So seeing this many new faces show up at once, seeing EC3 return, mm-hmm. lots of possibilities here. They got my attention. I'm definitely intrigued. They got a kick in women's division. So there is a, some bright spots and encouraging signs out of Impact Wrestling. I'm not totally sold, but as I said this week at the end of Impact, I said I said to them online, I was like, look, you got my attention. Don't mess this up. So let's see what happens. So if you would have asked me or told me within like seven months of when Two Chains and I went to Hard to Kill the weekend – and we saw and interviewed all that ta- those different talents, and we were going to trade out Michael Elgin, Joey Ryan, Dave Christ, and get back Eric Young, EC3, Heath, and have Eddie Edwards be the world champ. I would have said, what crack are you smoking? Uh, but not the Kraken, but just crack. Uh, and, and <laughs> to be quite honest, I am pleasantly surprised that they were able to rebound from basically their little exodus of talent that they had not even a month, month and a half ago. And then you throw in the good brothers for, for good measure to kind of give more tag team wrestling a chance down in impact with the motor city machine guns. You already had uh, the North a TJP and follow Fala, And I'm going to go with optimistic because I actually want to see where this Eddie Edwards feud with Eric Young goes because I always said Eric Young is a, is a TNA impact guy. Uh, same with EC3 feuding against Moose because what was it? The, the feast or fired. They threw that back. I think you were the one, Will, that might have retweeted it earlier this week where they go back to the briefcase from a couple of years ago where EC3 mm-hmm. is fired on air, but Moose <laughs> gets the title. So now they get to revisit that in some sort of historical callback. Uh, I'm curious for the storyline that's going to play out. I don't know where Heath Slater Miller fits in with all this. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where he no longer is a joke. Uh, the women's division, say what you want about Deanna getting the title in her first, you know, title shot being, being in impact. Some may like it, some may don't, but I'm really curious with the women's division, especially now it seems that AEW is trying to grab all the women's talent now realizing oh, crap, we got to catch up because everyone's either hurt or can't come from their home country of origin. So am I going to go out and watch Impact on a regular? No. But am I going to watch their highlight packages when I have the time for obviously reasons, the show and other things? Yes, I'm going to actually tune in to the highlight packages to see what's going on with Impact. So the way I look at it is that I do not see uh, impact reminds me of the Cleveland Browns of last year (laughs) because and and what I mean by that and to to Will's point is because Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns in 2018 was trash. They came out having a ton of picks going into the 2019 season and then they signed a ton of talent and then they did Mm -hmm. an okay season. Picked up Odell Beckham Jr. They obviously have Miles Garrett. Um, who's the other corner? I mean, who's the other wide? Um, can even think of his name? He's fast as hell, too. Uh, Jarvis Landry. J- yeah, Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And, and then two, two, two running, two workhorse running backs as well. Like the towel, the talent is there. 
and that's how I look at impact. The women's division is top tier. The tag, the, the tag team division clearly needed help. That's been fixed. And then the men's talent is, is, is always been there, you know? And I, I think at this point now, they just got to do the thing. So the additions and for them to be able to really show resilience again, I mean, when you lose Tessa Blanchard in them, a lot of people could have left with that, regardless mm-hmm. of circumstance. She she has a fan base. It is what it is. So does um, Michael Elgin. So the fact that they were able to lose, and not only just lose the talent, but get rid of the talent in necessary way and, and still show poise, I think that's a. I, I think that just shows resilience to it. And then, again, all the talent in the world is there, um, and they're, they're doing some good, interesting storytelling. And I think as far as as far as keeping fans attention, they're doing it. It's just going to come down to people's allegiance to what they like. You know, people watch WWE each and every week, complain each and every week, say they're going to stop watching each and every week, watch each and every week, all <laughs> <or not laughs> complaining about it each and every week. Although they said last week that they weren't going to watch it, but they're back watching it each and every week. So it's just like, it is what it is. And I just think that right now in the world where there's so much different wrestling, you know, for the things people complain about with AEW, the women's division, Impact Women's Division is stellar. It and mm-hmm. has some of the best talent there. I mean, now in your in your in your in your title picture, you have Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo. I I would argue that's the best title picture right now in all of women's wrestling. So, you know, and and it's just at this point now, it's just, people got caught alliances, but I definitely think they're doing the right thing. They got a lot of buzz. They're 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 moving forward. They're, they picked up significant talent, and uh, you know, as far as as far as the talent, they got to come make their money. And as far as as far as them as the show, they just got to just keep moving in the right direction. Seven months in, and you know, they're here. They're here. They're here as a player in the game, and that's a lot. That's more than what you can say about other uh, programming that's going on right now. Because you know, when you think about where. WWE came with the SmackDown deal. I I can't tell you. I mean, there's there's definitely some really bright spots on that roster, but I can't tell you that's must watch on Friday, no matter what. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and and you know, COVID plays a big part with all of this as well too. And people would like to say, well, fans play a big part is if a promotion is good or not, which is blasphemous. Nonetheless, it's just with everything that's going on in the circumstances, just how how you know companies are designed to stay float and stay relevant and. You know, that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they definitely were talked about. They broke tons of social media records uh, for trending this week. So, you know, now that they turned the page on a new chapter and uh, and, and got all that other uh, unnecessary uh, what should I say, drama <laughs> and baggage out of there, you know, now we'll just see where they're at in about another, by the end of the year, we'll be about to kind of reevaluate them then. How did they, how did they show poise the second half? And, you know, and all the other promotions too, because there's other people doing things that's kind of trying to take a step forward. So, um, I, I don't think no one wants to talk about the horror show because that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we need to touch on eye for an eye for a second? Oh God! I can, can I? I, I, so I know this was a meme, and and that's cool and all, but I, I definitely had said this before. It just had happened this week. But Ray Mysterio has had literally the worst 2020. When you think about him as a person, like him as a character, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, what's next? They're going to do like some type of kamikaze scene with him in a car or something like that. Like he didn't literally seen death more ways than Kenny. Did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the eye for eye thing. Huh? 
Is that at least they kept the they kept the CGI out of it? At least yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Those rumors of CGI were proven to not happen. So whether it was a change of plans or they tried it and then they didn't like what they saw, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But they managed to get out of that. I would just quickly describe Extreme Rules as a show that had a lot of good matches on it, mm-hmm. but the matches were marred with way too creative finishes. Agreed. So, 100%. but like, like Ray and Seth was really good up to the finish. Sasha mm-hmm. and Asuka was a hell of a match Stupendous. up to the finish. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a lot of that throughout the show with just really good matches. And then like these finishes that just went right off the rails. So mm-hmm. that's my summing up of, Extreme rules. <laughs> I'll just add this one thing with the with the I versus I match. I'm just wondering what they're going to do with Dominic. Are you really going to put him in the ring? Or are you just going to keep him acting like I can't defend my father's eye or defend my father's, you know, whatever needs to be done? You know, I, I, I would like to see if they're going to build him up as a character. That's just the only thing I want to see with Dominic coming out of that. Did we ever think in 2020 we'd be talking about Dominic Mysterio at all? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? And then Bray Wyatt killing a man, essentially, you know, in the swamp. And, you know, I don't know if that was meant to be Luke Harper, wink, wink, in the white T-shirt. But, you know, just just interesting things. Just, yeah, I, I agree with Will real quick. Just good matches, good in-ring action. The tag mm-hmm. match between Cesaro, Shinsuke, and the New Day tables match I thought was really good. Uh, I, I, I want to see more of of Murphy kind of doing a little bit more in ring, but aside from the gimmicks, which held the, held the pay-per-view back, but I like that. It was quick, quick done in like what, two hours and Mm -hmm. we're done with our day. So I like that. It's the, in your house, B B minus pay-per-view. I'm I'm good with that. (laughs) There's a lot wrong with extreme rules, considering that they made it the horror show in July. Contextually, that doesn't make sense per our calendar. Um, the eye for an eye match. You, this is what I don't get. Who's the heel in this match? Rey Mysterio asked for it. Seth Rollins beat him, sort of. And Rollins is the heel. Like, no, I mean, this was, this was the match that you wanted and you lost and your eye is whatever. And somehow is Rollins supposed to be worse off for it? How could you do such a thing? What type of person, you know, goes to that level, to that depth of humanity to maim a person like that? Well, he wasn't the one that asked for the match. So why does that make Seth Rollins a worse person for winning the match that he was challenged to? Um, I, I just don't understand that booking. And once again, WWE books themselves into a corner and then realizes that, they there's no way they're fighting out of it. Honestly, if they really wanted to do it, I was just really disappointed by the eye for an eye match, not because of how it ended, just because it didn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. You can't say that like, no, this is a flame and intestines match. And <laughs> you don't go that far. It would be like if Saw was came back for Saw 27, the Saw in him. And it was rated G. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. So you have an eye for an eye match. You have a Saw movie. You have a, a Hostel or a Teresa's or, you know, Nightmare or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
and it's rated T and it's rated G in Canada. <laughs> you know how I mean you know that that shit has got to be powder puff if it's rated G in Canada. <laughs> the little maple leaf G above the uh, on the top left of your screen. You know that that is a different standard right there. Yeah. And then that's the, and that's the direction that they went into. And more importantly than that, this shit was taped. So why didn't you just do it right? I mean, do it until you got it right. I don't understand how Vince says he, that he was uh, upset with the match and he didn't like the match and he didn't like the finish and he did whatever, whatever. You have all the time in the world. Fix it. <laughs> Half of your business is a, is a media production company. Fix it. Seth Rollins cut a giant crab in half. You telling me that you can't fix the eye for an eye match? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, a lot of it just doesn't make sense, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, who who's really driving the boat in WWE uh, because they're about to hit a rock um, hard, and uh, it's I don't know I, I don't know where they go from here. And then they somehow pivoted from the eye for an eye match, the horror show, and extreme moves. To SummerSlam, hosted by Pitbull or some bullshit like that. Your <laughs> favorite rapper isn't, isn't there. Like, can we get Flo Rida, you know, performing from his living room after the <laughs> match? Um, Don't give them ideas. I mean, yeah. he'll do it. They, I mean, look honestly, if you want to have the biggest part of the other summer, you can get everybody in a Zoom call. You have like Dead Mouse or whoever the hell your super European <laughs> DJ. Um, you know, perform a set from their from their basement. Cool. Why does that? Why does that? Uh, you know, go after the horror show at Extreme Rules. SummerSlams in a month. What could possibly go wrong? Wonder when they're gonna start selling those glasses back in the day where the eyeballs fall out of them in the no. WWE shop. Oh like, my oh. god! Yeah. <laughs> the slinky possibilities yeah. right there. <laughs> Best thing since ice cream bars. Oh my God! They could have had Ray Mysterio eyeball fallout glasses. Oh my God! Stay tuned. You're there first. All right, look, we gotta talk about this Adam Cole and Pat McAfee interview. Yeah, the question is, what is the question? Because there's a lot of mixed feelings about this. Is it what happened? Is, is the better question? Is it, like, what is it is the truth? Your take, Will. I want to hear what you got to say because I know you said you had some 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 <laughs> thoughts about it. Well, first, I guess we should probably recap what happened today since it definitely seems to be the hot topic of yeah. the day. So, so yeah. Pat McAfee, what well, he has his a uh, his is it a radio show? Is it mm-hmm. a, it's is a podcast? It a podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and like you know, most of these podcasts, like even us just now, like you know, there's you know, video feed of it and all this and video went up today and blew up Twitter of he had Adam Cole on the show talking to him and they got in quite the heated dispute with Adam Cole taking offense to how Pat McAfee was talking to him and Mm -hmm. saying he was taking jabs at his size and it boiled down to this crazy scene of Adam Cole knocking the mic over and cussing him out and dropping a bunch of F-bombs and producers running in and storming out of there and whole a whole big scene. It's all over the interwebs. It's not hard to find. We've retweeted at Big Gold Belt Media on Twitter. So if you're looking for it and you haven't seen it yet, easy enough to track down. But my God, social media, we got people thinking they're they're – 
all kinds of stuff from this. Is is it a storyline? Is it are they really gonna fight? Did Pat McAfee go too far? Is Adam Cole really pissed off and was about to jump over the table at him? <laughs> what exactly happened here? There's all kinds of feelings about it and all kinds of, I guess, you know, interpretations of what happened. But it's before I give my two cents that we've set the table, let's let's hear from one of y'all, one of y'all first that, that saw it as far as uh your take on it before I, I weigh in with what I'm thinking from watching it. It's this no different not- than anything we've ever seen in wrestling up to this point. Whenever <laughs> wrestlers do talk shows, like read when I remember when Stone Cold went on Regis Fieldman and gave him a stunner and like Regis lost some teeth. When Hogan choked out that one dude we were talking a couple of weeks ago during the WrestleMania Belzer. You know, John Stossel getting his butt kicked, you know, on air. <laughs> It's no different. It's the same thing. It's just now we do it in the social media age where we had the newspaper age before or the the, the news age. So for me, look, Adam Cole probably gets picked on about his height all the time since he lost mm-hmm. his his baby fat. And Pat McAfee, who I've never really enjoyed, I, I think Whoa. he's a pain in the arse. And I'd rather <laughs> have anyone else but Pat McAfee talking. But if it sets, because I know he wants to wrestle. So if it sets up down the road where McAfee's in someone's corner against Adam Cole, they make it an angle. Would we really be surprised? And even better, do we care? I do not. It is typical wrestling angle. Nothing to see here. Keep it moving. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, and, and I disagree slightly, uh, Damian, that there is a difference. There's a difference between a vetted journalist asking that that does not know of wrestling Mm -hmm. and asking a question to the legitimacy of the sport there there's a difference between john stossel going up to anyone or geraldo or andy kaufman or not even andy kaufman because he's dead but but you know an actual reporter said going up to a person and saying okay i under i know that you know that i know wink wink nudge nudge that Westland is fake. Immediately, light flash of lightning, he gets his shit slapped out of him. Yeah. Okay, fine. That's very different than Pat McAfee, uh, star punter for your Indianapolis Colts. I-, I guess there are only two punters on the team, so he's the best <laughs> yeah, one of them. The same. I was saying the same thing. I think I he mean, won like best punter. Of the decade or something. Only yeah, reason why, though, that he's one best punter is because he laid maybe one or two hits on kickoffs, yeah. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. So Madden Rayton on a million. It's it's <laughs> it's like Brady, Gronk, Pat McAfee. Get your fantasy scores. Uh, get your fantasy teams ready. You're going to need him on your on your Legends uh, Madden Ultimate Team. But but fine. I, I digress because football. We don't care. There is a difference between a legitimate, you know, person outside of wrestling that doesn't know what it is and would question the legitimacy of it and a person that has worked with WWE, hosted events, knows mm-hmm. exactly what the business is, is yep. trying to get into the business yep. and doing a program with with someone. And that's the part that pisses me off as a fan when they try to pull the okie doke and say like, "Oh no, well well, I'm cold. And of course, McAfee with his, you know, your yes men in the corner. Oh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good job, Pat. Yeah, I mean, that's great, Pat. You have a big dick, Pat. Like, who are these guys? I don't care. I don't care. I'll just get care. so out of hand. 
Yeah, like, oh, well, well Adam Cole, he's just, he's, he's a rapscallion. Yeah, you know, you know that's, that's great. Well, Pat, you know, that's great. Yeah, can I give a day off, boss? Like, oh, your, your penis is lovely, Pat. Like, who cares? Who are these people? These are, these, these, are the, these are the questions. But there's a difference between that and this guy. Don't try to sell a work to the internet, to internet wrestling fans. That's, that's just a bad, that's a bad way to start. That's number one. This is the real question that I have. It is Adam Cole, who is a prominent member of WWE. How do you justify him using that language as an ambassador for WWE? Mm. Because the only thing that has to happen now is for legitimate mainstream media to pick it up and say, is this the person that you want your kids watching? Because they only have to take that seven seconds out of context where he gets into the dude's face and pushes the chubby guy and then storms off. And out of context, it is, it, it may not, it may not be the best look, especially since there are things to censor. If since WWE is very, 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 very PG, um, all over, it's just a bad look. And the question is why? Like why? Why do that now? So I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. There's no context for it, and I and I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, what's, yeah, that's my thing. What, what's the point? If it's an angle, uh, what does it lead up to? And if it some type of internal angle between the two of them, uh, there's nothing worse than wrestling people who aren't wrestlers trying to get themselves over. That absolutely is the most irrelevant thing. Period. Not to mention, like, when the hell is the next time we'll even see Pat McAfee on TV in WWE programming, considering all things right now, uh, social distancing and so on. On the uh, what's in it for Cole? Yeah, mean, what, yeah, he said that he rough? did the show from Indianapolis. We know that Cole lives in Florida with the the greatest dentist um, ever. Uh, <laughs> why 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 send him to Indy? To, to, I, cut, to cut that spot. I think this is your perfect way to try to elevate him to the main roster if you're trying to use this as a work to be a SummerSlam match, which this could be similar to, you know, when Cody and, well, and we already had, Cole had their Brian. match. I think that was SummerSlam too. We already had Cole versus Brian. So there's a precedent for Adam Cole on the main roster. He doesn't have any belts, neither did any of the Undisputed Era. And everybody wants him, like, wants them to kind of just make the leap already. There's nothing more for them to NXT. There's nothing more for them to do in NXT. So you're telling me that out of all of the accomplishments of the Undisputed Era, in particular Adam Cole, his end to the main roster is Pat fucking McAfee? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. and, and, and if that is the idea here, if the idea is to use Pat McAfee to elevate Adam Cole or to maybe break Adam Cole out like to a mainstream audience, Man, the way the they team. went about this whole thing is very strange. If you look back at the older angles they've done with football players in WWE, whether it's like WrestleMania 2, they had the NFL versus WWE Battle Royal. You presented like the wrestlers and the NFL stars like as these larger than life characters on the same darn level. Let's go to WrestleMania 11 with LT and Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. They purposely mm-hmm. had crazy Bam Bam Bigelow with the head tattoos and all that, you know, have him shove LT down in the crowd to get mainstream publicity with the idea of like, oh my God, this big dude is like standing up to LT and shoved him down. And that was the whole hook 
to get like on Sports Center to get those like mainstream publicity moments. What they did today with Pat McAfee and Adam Cole is just weird because it's like they're just talking. Adam Cole don't like that he's being called short, and then essentially he has a temper tantrum. It came across <laughs> like a, it did not come across as like a tough guy wrestler. It came across as like a child being told turn off the Nintendo. And no, it, 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 it did not come across good to me in a way where it made Adam Cole look cool or tough or anything of that nature. Where I'd be like, oh, damn, who's this guy? It, it was a very odd presentation in my mind. And that's the that was my big takeaway from like, you're trying to warm this guy up or introduce this guy to the mainstream by having him knock over a mic and drop some F-bombs and like. Then, then get taken out by the producers. I mean, the producers come in, he's out of there. I don't know. I wouldn't I, have done it. I would person. agree if it were somebody else from actual media. If, if he were mm-hmm. to do a station for, you know, Fox Orlando to promote SmackDown and they got him in there and then and he said, okay, come on, come, come on, come, come. guy to guy, guy to guy. It's fake, right? And I'm close, slap shit out of him. That would be a moment. That would be a moment. But because it's Pat McAfee, and I can't stress that enough, Pat fucking McAfee is supposed to work with Adam Cole to do something that betters both of them because I can't see them you know, doing a, a program like this for no reason. Let, 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 let me just say it one more time, just so you understand. Pat McAfee <laughs> is the gatekeeper for Adam Cole. But think about the stable that Ma- Pat McAfee could bring. Stop he it. Could, he could oh, bring stop. back Gronk. Stop. He could bring in George Kittle. Stop it. I mean, who who do you stop. else you want to bring in the NFL? Unless Pat McAfee is bringing Ray Carruth, I'm not scared. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. It is. It is weird though, because it's like, what's the match? It's going to be Adam Cole versus the baddest punter in the NFL. Hey, isn't isn't Ray Karouf out of jail? I thought that's, why I'm, that's why I'm not scared. I thought Ray Karouf was dead. I thought he died. Maybe I'm no. Dead. No, that was Aaron Hernandez. Yes. No, I know yeah. he did. I know he did. But hey, can somebody read his tweets real quick? Because Ray Karouf had some. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, McAfee, Pat, Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rick Roof, is, Rick Roof is definitely alive. Okay, he is alive. Okay, yeah, he got he got out of jail in 2018. Yeah, yeah I remember when he got out, but S- I, I don't S- know why. That's Pan- Panther. You would throw your team in there, huh? Yeah, at least we have a full name, the Carolina Panthers. By the way, yeah, the somebody Washington get those tweets. Somebody, 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 somebody get those Pat McAfee tweets up really quick. That is I'm a thing that nobody Panthers. wants. No, no one is clamoring for Pat McAfee tweets. Not even Mama McAfee. <laughs> Yo, he could bring Peyton back in. I mean, he has nothing going on, right? So, so who's who's worse or a bigger headache, McAfee or Sam Roberts? Oh, Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts, but no, no question. <laughs> because remember when Sam started his whole thing about Bianca Belair and then you know, Montez Ford stares the death stare at him and everybody wants to whoop up on him. Is this a similar situation where McAfee oversteps his bounds and now he's going to have heat with the boys and girls in the back? Nah, with, with the way it played out, it with the producers so running all that, it's, I mean, it's an it's a absolute work in my mind. This isn't, this isn't him like 
saying the wrong thing. If it all it was was saying the wrong thing and then like it blew up afterwards, mm-hmm. that could be something different. But the whole knocking over the mic, the f bombs, the whole the whole overblown nature of it. I mean, that's you know, if it's on camera and that kind of crap happens, it's like, I right, come on now. This reminds that's, me of it, when Jim Everett smacked the crap out of Jim Rome on air. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> Back in the day, that might be exactly what they're modeling it after. So, yeah, I mean, on his tweets, he's like, since it happened, he's like, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. By I will regret this DM, and he shows like the DMs where he invited Adam Cole to the show, and so he's playing it up as like, you know, legit. He broke a mic, a headset, pushed one of my producers, and stormed out of our office. Uh, let's see, I obviously never mean to disrespect anyone, but. F that guy. There's no way that's how an adult <laughs> human should act. So, they, I mean, they're playing it as the real deal. So, I don't know. I just have to see where they go from here with it. Let's see if it shows up on SmackDown tomorrow night. You know, if they're really trying to get some mainstream publicity, let's see if they're uh, going to show a clip of this on SmackDown or, or not. I if it were Boomer Esiason, I would be shocked. <laughs> now, there's here's no, a question. There's no precedent there. Here's a question. What happens if this all backfires and McAfee loses his credentials in WWE? This well, was how, some- how could this possibly backfire? If how, I, I don't think this goes forward. So realistically, I don't think this definitely goes, you know, backwards. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. If, you know, obviously him working for WWE mm-hmm. allowed him to have the interview and he held it. He's supposed to. I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be some type of standard to hold in the interview, you know. Uh, and he just completely brought a new character, a new face to one of their top people. So if, 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 like you said, if it all backfires on Adam Cole, I could see WWE saying like, "Well, you know, McAfee, you wasn't, you know, wasn't supposed to have taken that angle in that interview." So yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I think my my biggest fear is that people, as I said before, people could take this negatively, considering what it was, especially out of context, with a person like Cole, who is of a particular, uh, you know, privilege in WWE. He, he's one of their top guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, point blank period. And for him to react that way for any reason, context or not, it is uh, it is it is cooking with fire. So I don't know. Uh, this, this could be this could be interesting, but also Pat fucking McAfee, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike Pat right. McAfee, we we actually want to reward our viewership and our listenership by announcing our contest winners for the Garden State Invitational 2020 Fight TV free codes. Not one, but two. We have two codes to give away, and this was done. At random through numerical choosing <laughs> by our team. So there was no playing favorites. We weren't eligible. Anyone associated with us on a personal level wasn't eligible. Just randos. So so random that in. so random that we picked ourselves accidentally in the randomizer. In the randomizer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The random number so. generator had to get hit a few times. <laughs> Big Corbell did come up as a winner, and it's like, oh no. At the very least, we we know we won something, but for the two promo codes for Fight TV, so you can watch the Garden State Invitational. The first person is Ald- Oswald. What we got that? Vidales at Vidales41. Sorry, my eyes are going on me. Oswald Vidales at Vidales41 on Twitter. You are our first hit me, winner. Hit me with that DM. And our second winner 
Pat McAfee. No, no, no. <laughs> Screw that guy. No. Our second winner is Captain Hype with all caps. Hype. You you know Captain it, bro. Hype. <laughs> we went into fight, fight passes here to see the show. Get your fight passes, DM the show. If you do not contact the show within 24 hours, we will hold this raffle again and announce it on Twitter. Hey, Captain Hype, see me in the 2K. I saw it in your uh, bio. Cross branding. Ready. So again, <laughs> Oswald, Vidal, and Captain Hype. PS3 ready. I feel like the last I feel like this is the last time I played 2K to be honest. PS3. Uh, Alright. Alright, let's do let's do cameo, but uh let, let's let's do it. Let's let's make Pat McAfee our our uh, cameo. Oh, he gotta be. He got to, he has to be. Oh now, Jamal, damn, I Jamal, didn't even think about him being on air. As long as I control the segment, there will be a frosty <laughs> fucking day in hell before Patrick McAfee is our is our star uh, your cameo uh, your person. No, no. Um, because it is uh, open day, I'm going to compare our actual uh, your cameo invitee to baseball players. So today, Hassan Assad. Also known as Montel Vontavious Porter. Oh. MVP. Mm-hmm. He is on Cameo. And because it is the opening day, we're going to put him up against baseball players. So who do you think is charging more? Pat McAfee. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, who do you think is charging more? MVP or... Former A's pitcher and uh, Oakland great Raleigh Fingers. Oh. Mm. It's an old name. It is. But he's a big deal in, in Oakland. Yeah, I'm going to say higher here. Is he higher than... Hmm, I say Ra- I, he's lower than Raleigh Fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, MVP's lower. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, MVP. I'm, I'm going to yeah, say yeah, MVP, MVP, and this is all respect, but just as a... Trick question, I feel. MVP would be higher. I'm going to go with MVP being lower with the idea that these baseball older guys, they they doing that memorabilia circuit, got to get that money. So I'm going to say MVP lower. At $100, Raleigh Fingers is charging less than MVP. Mm. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Over a hundred dollars. Well, I guess we gotta remember now. MVP now is a WWE superstar again. And he was so, the highest paid yeah. person in SmackDown history at one time. Uh, he might oh, have jacked do. up his price now what? in the hurt business. <laughs> it's it's very possible. It's very possible. So MVP is charging a price, but so is Bo Jackson. Is Bo oh, charging more over. than MVP? Yeah, more. But- more yeah, Bo Jackson. Yeah, and MVP is lower. Bo Jackson I, has to be higher. I seen a Bo Jackson meet and greet in Vegas, and it was absolutely absurd. Four hundred dollars. Bo Jackson is charging a lot more than MVP. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that that makes sense. That was probably the By easiest the way, one you ever did. It had to be. Yeah. MVP or. Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Mm. Who's, 
Who's charging oh. more? Is Reggie, Reggie Jackson more. charging more than MVP? Yes, Reggie, Reggie Jackson's Jackson more. more. By, by the way, Sellers got so happy because he heard Mr. and he swear you going to say Mr. Kennedy. I, I, I literally yes. did. <laughs> I literally did. Even though I knew he was doing baseball, I, I saw, got excited for a second. I just, I just saw him jump. I was like, <laughs> yeah, def, definitely more than MVP. Yeah, at $250, Reggie Jackson is definitely charging more than MVP. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, Reggie Jackson's a big, you know, big name. And famous. MVP is, is current. Can't say that he's not current. So is Ozzie Guillen. He was the former manager of the White Sox. Got in a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. But he brought Chicago, at least to the south side, he brought them a World Series championship back in 05. Yep. Is mm-hmm. Ozzie Guillen charging more than MVP? Lower. Lower. I'm saying lower, too. Yeah, so lower. Ozzie Is it a push involved? No. Okay. Why uh, do you always ask that? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because there has been a couple of pushes sometimes, but no. Uh, um. So I will say Ozzie Guillen – is less because he did beat the Astros in that World Series, so I'm gonna say a little bit less. At fifty dollars, yeah, he definitely is charging less than MVP, which is which is actually like kind of surprising, but it's it's it really is it's MVP, and I'm a bit surprised at how much MVP is actually charging, and I'll get to that in a second, but. There's a lot of rain coming through the air right now. It's obvious that God hates MVP. Um, <laughs> last one. Baltimore Orioles legend. Cal. Hall of Famer. Eddie Cal. Murray. Oh, Eddie Murray. I thought you were going with Cal. Yeah. Well, Baltimore had more than one player. Uh, yeah. but, but Eddie Murray, uh, one of the best first baseman of all time. Yeah. Big deal in Baltimore. Is he charging more or less than MVP? I've never seen him do anything, to be honest. Right. I've, I've seen this stuff sell at uh at at uh whatever you call those auctions and stuff. Never seen him do it that. I I don't know. I mean, lower. I, I'm going to guess more. I'm going to think. I'm, I'm going to go off the ride of him. Time is money for him. I'll go lower. I'm, I'm going to go. With what two chains said, I think it's more, but I think it is not much more. We're talking, I think it's gonna be very close, like ten, twenty dollars difference. Eddie Murray charges $150. Okay. MVP charges 105. So Eddie Murray wow. is charging a little bit more yeah. than MVP. All right. Can you do one more for me? Uh Jamal, since you just sure. said Oreo breaks. Um can you do well? Depending on how you feel about it, but Harold Baines compared to Eddie Murray. That's a good um, name, by the way. That's a, that's a great name. Uh, if he's on here, then I will. I do not see him on here at all. So Carol Baines is not on Cameo. Okay. It doesn't look like. I mean, I typed in his name, and he's not there. So way to derail the segment. And yeah, what? Cameo. What? What, what about the what about the Undertaker who's new to oh he's on new to TikTok what he's on TikTok yeah that's this <laughs> take, is that comical he's got the TikTok he's got everything going on now yeah right about that well, he's got to keep up with the kids you know yo can we quickly talk about 
how Mike Tyson is coming back to face Roy Jones Jr. Right. Eight rounds ever. It's 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 easy to say what year is it, but it's 2020. So this is so fitting right now. And the winner of that match by unanimous decision, Father Time. That one is cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I, obviously it's going to happen like in September or something like that. Mm-hmm. But isn't there like a weight class thing in boxing? Like, doesn't Tyson outweigh Jones by like a cow? Definitely. Well, Jones fought at heavyweight at the end of his career. Yeah, yeah he did. Taller too, so. Yeah, de- definitely heavyweight. And that fight's probably going to be in Saudi Arabia or something. <laughs> Why does Saudi Arabia become the washed up old man's uh oh, oh, Abu Dhabi. Because Fight Island and everything. It's the only place that's kind of uh, like doing the thing. So, you know. Well, we did also get announced that Nate Robinson, former Slam Dunk yep. champion, is going to have his own celebrity fight against, I believe, Jake Paul, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. The so YouTuber? Jake yep, YouTuber yeah. Jake Paul. Dude. <laughs> Nate's board, too. And I just saw, uh, what was it, Uncle Drew with him in it the other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was an all right movie. I didn't mind it. All right. Let's get to the second half of the show. And let's talk about AEW. So I know we were going to talk about Sammy Kavar. We will really quick. I just want to know really fast, what is your thoughts about this women's tournament that's going to be going down? Are you optimistic? Thinking it's going to be legit? I mean... I, I, I'll say this easily. In the eye of so much revolution talking WWE, the absence of the Mae Young Classic, the absence of Evolution 2, the fact that they're doing some type of women's showcase in um, in in um, pro wrestling, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious, but like the roster is what I'm... Mm-hmm. The impact, excuse me, the, the AEW roster <laughs> is what I'm like kind of about because it's like they do got talent but half of them are not there so then just what just wonder how mm-hmm. they're gonna go about that so like i'm like really optimistic but like this is like the this is like the division defining to me like this is going to really show what they got so uh there, there, there will be a little bit of optimism optimism in it but like some definitely some criticism coming out of it Oh yeah, the the women's tag team cup as they're calling it. You know, they they announced it last night on Dynamite, mm-hmm. but they also didn't really get into too much detail about what it is. They called it the Deadly Draw Tag Team Tournament. So a lot of people immediately were like, "Whoa, is this going to be like Battle Bowl? Are they going to like mm-hmm. mix up the teams and like do kind of that kind of deal where it's like a random draw as far as the tournament goes? Is it like an homage to WCW in that kind of way?" They said it's going to happen this summer. They didn't say when. When's it going to start? I mean, they you know they showed a lot of people, but they didn't you know say who all sixteen of them are definitely going to be. So it really, for to me, it comes down to this: the biggest issue with their women's division is giving it the actual time for it to be featured on the show. So if they're going to devote the time to this, then great. But if it's going to be a bunch of short matches and half of it's going to be on dark and maybe only one match is going to be on dynamite a week, like if you're not going to devote the time to it, that's going to be more of the same old stuff. So I need to see the commitment from them to feature the women's roster and actually do something with it with this tournament. So hopefully something happens with it. They got a lot of good people they could use, but I don't know. I need more information first. 
I didn't I see hope- it live. Let me ask this. Did they talk about what was going to be like? Is it a belt that's going to be at the end? Like, what's the what's the trophy? Belt? Cup. Trophy. Okay, cup. gotcha. Women's tag team cup. I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. Division, yeah, it's fine. I think the division is way too lean right now to be doing, unless you're bringing in people for one-offs, like when the WWE brought in Alex Shelley for the uh, the Dusty Cup Invitational. That's fine, but as it stands now, where you have Diamante and and Ivelisse taking up time on AEW's flagship show, when I don't know if either one of them have been signed officially, uh, I think you're you're you're, you're reaching. And, and no disrespect, we love Diamante, but man, just I think it's too soon to do some sort of tag team cup. I would have thought to do a tournament to crown the number one contender for Sheeta's belt. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what the matchups are going to be. I'm wondering if Vicky Guerrero joins the team with, you know, with Nyla Rose as a tag team to to run the the gauntlet, sort to speak, or uh, to someone's point on social media, is this a vehicle to get Brandy? over more mm. as her and Allie are going to be inevitably teaming up yep. uh, to give her eventually maybe a, a title opportunity in the future. Uh, it's women's wrestling. I'm going to tune in uh, because that's me, but I know there's a lot of reservation from people and I understand the concern, but I don't want it to be on dark because if you want to do the qualifiers on dark, sure, but not the main tournament that has to take place on actual dynamite for it to really matter. I know we've had the May Young Classic and everything, um, you know, talk about WWE side, but this this could have been a great opportunity that if you did a tournament, that you did it where you're not trying to steal a gimmick per se, but make it like a queen or princess where you focus it on your main roster, focus it on your main show, and focus it for a title. I don't think there's ever been a women's tournament that focused on, like, their main belt of that roster. Has that ever happened? I'm trying to think back to make sure I'm not – missing out on any historical moments. But I think that it could have been a great opportunity if you're doing something like that to try to build up your roster. But, Damien, I agree with you that the, the roster is kind of thin. Um, for uh, 16, you know, girls, not less, maybe some call-ups or new teams are going to come with this aspect. But um, I'll wait and see. Um, don't have any feelings either way about it. I, I guess I know what they're trying to do. But, you know, using you know using this as a aspect to get Mrs. Rhodes some some, some – some cred, I guess, in a way that this probably is a, a easy way for that. Okay, so first, uh, a bit of a warning: uh, Zeus and Kratos are going ham above my apartment. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, was just about to say. I think they moved your way because it was bad all, here fifteen minutes ago. And I think they might be releasing the Kraken too. Yeah, all that Kraken talk. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So there was a bolt of lightning about five minutes ago. That um, that was a bit serious, but um, about this issue i am very concerned the women's match that preceded the announcement was diamante versus ivalice a match that was uh, heavily booked it was in the nine o'clock spot that's a great spot uh, a, a prominent position in the show because you're trying to get people to, to tune in for that second hour you need a hook to, to keep them there cool solid match until they air a fool's uh, like a three-quarter screen big squall pro roll against Brick Baker during the middle of the match. Which kind of and, and it was in the middle of the match where the part of the match where the two ladies were getting still getting their offense in. Right. And then after the promo is over, they go into a rest hole and then rebuild to the finish. 
it took all of the momentum out of that match for me because of this promo, a promo that could have aired literally everywhere else, but that one, that time, everywhere else. It didn't need to be anywhere else at that time. And then they announced casually that, oh yeah, we're dropping a women's tournament. Wait, wait, what? No, so that's the part that makes me very concerned because when they actually book a women's match, they give them the golden segment at the top of the hour and then they screw them over so horribly. And then casually, laissez-faire, la la la, Ray Cruz is out, la la la, Pat McAfee, oh yeah, women's tournament. How can you you expect me to take this seriously? Considering that they only have four women on the women's roster for reasons. Some of that's their fault, some of that's not their fault. But I don't want them to bring in every single woman from here to Timbuktu because they're, you know, an independent name. However, Faye Jackson was seen in the crowd a couple weeks ago on Dark and Dynamite. There are wrestlers who are taking uh, dates because shows are coming up. So they may actually know some people that are going to, you know, do some work. Eva Lee's kind of came out of nowhere. Didn't really expect to see her working on an AEW show. This is interesting. This is very interesting. But considering that their first thing out of the gate in that segment, the first time in a while that they put the women in a position of some spotlight, they fuck it up, makes me very nervous mm-hmm. about the whole deal. And I am skittish about putting any faith um, or any emotional content into it. I'm just going to have to see it to believe it, basically. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, Sammy Guevara time. So Sammy Guevara did return to AEW last night. And of course, as always, people are in shambles about it. So quickly, instead of beating around the bush, what's your instant thoughts of seeing her return? And we'll just kind of play off of that. And for me, I mean, Tony Khan said he was what he was going to do. I would have to take that at face value. And he's back. Right. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Then cool. There was no timeline or 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 length of suspension or mm-hmm. was it even was it even technically suspended indefinite? Do your class? He was, so he was suspended without pay. His nope. pay got like docked for the last month yeah. and went to a uh, like battered women's shelter of some sort mm-hmm. in uh, Jacksonville. Is what yeah, they and did. not and not to mention too, it's COVID. If he had to take classes, he had all the time in the world, eight yeah. hours a day. <laughs> Two weeks is forty hours. So, um, as far as I know, almost any certification course that you take <laughs> is about forty hours. So, yes. it is. I mean, it, it, the, the situation of, of 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 what he did to have to be able to take that, it happened. He's went through rehabilitation. He's done his due diligence. He's back to wrestling. Well, that's it. That's all I got. I compare I compare it to regular pro sports where an athlete suspended four games here, three games there for a transgression. Yeah. I mean, shoot, here in Dallas, the, some of the Cowboys back in the day got away with just worse things, and yet they were not suspended for more than one or two games. Yeah. Uh, I think since AEW tries to pride themselves on being not sports entertaining, but more like a sport, this is no different than Jerry Jones suspending someone one game's check for a worse transgression than what Sammy Guevara did, while still risque, uh, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the problem. If they set the mandate of you need to do X, Y, Z in order to be reinstated, 
and he did those things, then what's the problem? Because you said you said two champs indefinite. That means whenever it's decided he's done what he needs to do, he's allowed back in the company to perform his trade. So I know the the Twitter war, the public opinion war wants him to be suspended for three more months, but you don't run the show. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to let everybody know. You don't run the show. You're not the one with the money making making the deals here. If he checked off the boxes and management is happy, he's back. Yep. Yeah, the, kind of the impression I got last night. Like when he showed up last night, I was kind of like, oh, well, here he is. It's been a month and, and, and here we go. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, as I saw all the rhetoric online today and people going back and forth about it with their different ideas on it, I get the impression there's – a good chunk of people that he's back, but they don't like that. He's right back in the same position where he was. They want to see his push, you know, gone. It's like, they don't like that. He's like, Oh, he's right back in the main event. And it's like, well, he, you know, he did his time. They Mm -hmm. said they were going to, you know, send him to, you know, uh, sensitivity training. And as far as we know, he did it. I think, you know, AEW today, Tony Khan put out some statements about it and was like, you know, as transparent as I think you could possibly be. If they want Sammy Guevara to do an interview or something about it, I'm sure Jericho would have him on the darn podcast to like talk about his experience for the last 30 days. If they want to get more out there with what he's actually done. I look at it like this. We got to remember that what he said happened before AEW ever existed. It was Mm -hmm. four years ago. Mm -hmm. So he did not commit this horrible, heinous statements being said while he was an employee of AEW. So I think there's only so much they can do. Now that said, now that's happened, it's like, okay, you got your, you got your uh, get Jedi jail free card. Mm -hmm. Something like this happens again. You're toast. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where I think he probably stands right now. Um, I think a lot. Like I said a lot of people. I think just are looking at it like, no, nah, he came back in too good of a spot. He should have came back and been took it out of the inner circle or something. And I that gets complicated. I think it gets complicated if, if you go that route. So that said, people don't have to be happy to see him back. So I think it's a matter now. He's got to he's served the time. Mm-hmm. He's got to show that he's done the work now. That's what it's going to come down to for him. He's got to show that he's done the work and. You know, him and Sa- a lot of people are still up there. You know, him and Sasha Banks talked about the whole thing and all mm-hmm. this. And she put out a little statement saying, yes, he did talk to me and all this. It was also notable, notable that it was pretty clear that she never said anything about accepting an apology, which is absolutely her right to do. And so mm-hmm. by the same token, it's like people don't want to, you know, like that he's back. That's fine. But yeah, so, here's my he's going to walk the walk now. Here's my thing about that. Sasha's never been really vocal about her personal life on social media anyway. So that's a personal issue. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she took it up in a personal way. She definitely way. handled it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, no, no, like, hey, guess what, everybody? Me and Sammy talked. Like, no. The fact when <laughs> when her her life started getting personal on there is when she really started pulling back from social media. But now that she's full-blown gimmick in there, she's having fun on social media. So I, I wouldn't expect that anyway. I don't think from an outside <laughs> point of view, uh, people can sit around and, and, and dictate, you know, uh, the the um the evaluation that Sammy went under, or the status of their relationship with 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 um Sasha Banks. I, I, at this point now, you just take it at face value and take Tony Tony Khan at his word, since you know he's kind of the principal in this situation. So I'm not I'm not looking at it anything beyond that. Also, while we're, while I'm thinking about it, Hill. Put Sammy Guevara on uh Pat McAfee's uh show. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what we need. 
<laughs> hey, Jamal, be his punishment. Jamal, who do, who do you take, Pat McAfee or uh, John McAfee? Hmm. I, uh, I, John, easily. easily. Cool. Yeah, it's Protect those computers. Right. Uh, the, the long and short of it is with Sammy, you could, you can debate from a free speech issue that he has the right to say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. You can debate that what Sammy said four years ago or 20 years ago or whenever the fuck, you can debate its merits. Because there, there is a case to be made that he has the right to say anything. You also have the right to be offended. These things don't have to add, uh, necessarily add up. We can disagree. And Lord knows you guys disagree with me a lot and I disagree with you a lot. And that can be okay. Colin Cowherd. He doesn't exist to me. But, <laughs> but, but the idea is... Tony Khan did exactly what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think that Sammy should have been suspended. Uh, maybe, okay, if he had to do something because the internet said made you do it, fine. But, you know, but fine. You know, $100,000, legit $100,000. And if that takes three paychecks, then it takes three paychecks. Fine. Find them, send the money off to a thing, and, and call it a day. Because of the fact that he said a thing um, years ago, before AEW came into existence. Um, that That's what it is. And what, the, what he say uh, was you know, bad and it should have been said. I think context, a lot of context also gets lost because of the, what he said. There is a context for everything. You wouldn't talk to Howard Stern the way that you would talk to your mother, the way that you would talk to a priest. You wouldn't talk to a priest the way that you would talk to your friends, the way that you would talk to somebody on Xbox Live. I mean, <laughs> there, is a context. There, is a, there is a context. And on this particular show, he was Edgy McEdgelord on a show for on a shitty podcast four years ago. And he said a thing that if he had known that he would be famous, he wouldn't have said. That's what it is. Just because, and that, that's also like understand the reality of it. I know that I have said things to people that I cannot repeat in public. I know that if, 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 if someone overheard me saying the worst thing that I've ever said to someone, I would lose my job immediately. <laughs> but I also know that I'll never repeat that on this podcast. And that's just what it is. I mean, obviously, Sammy's got to be smarter about it. But people want their, his feelings. He want, they want a physical change. They want whoever the offendee is. To actually mean it, well, that's not how it works all the time. And and the bottom line is is that maybe Sammy's a better liar now. Maybe he doesn't actually believe the bullshit that he said before the thousands of dollars a month that he's making to pay his bills. He'll say it in German if he had to. The longer short of, uh, of it is is that Sammy did a thing. He was punished. Whether or not that's right or not isn't the issue. He served his time. He, whether he's actually a rehabilitator or not isn't the issue. He's allowed to go back to work. Right. If we don't believe in rehabilitation, then why do we have prisons instead of slaughterhouses? Hey, because Jamal, if we don't believe that they can be redeemed, fuck them. Shoot them in the head and throw them out back. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I've said this so many times. I mean, because 
that's literally what's wrong with everybody. But everybody's like, you do something once, and that's what you swear by for the rest of your life. Everybody made mistakes. Right. I mean, we were all because young and dumb at some point. Strip <laughs> MVP of a title now and send this dumb ass home. He's a fella. Yeah, right. that, exactly. I'm not saying that they should, but if we're going to hold people to Sammy's, uh, you know, to that level of esteem, then then you should ex Booker T from striking from the record books. MVP has got to go. Kratos obviously agrees with me. So, <laughs> and then the there are a number of others uh, that have done ill. Maybe, maybe not legally, or like Sammy said a thing. Booker T did some shit. Right. There is. A think of all the think of all the things in the last month that came out of people that actually did stuff as opposed to mm-hmm. just said something. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people to be pushing off the side of the table here if you want to make that mark at that level. Hey, a lot really, of damn people in the wrestling business. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really quick on that too. Yeah, I, that's that's definitely a good conversation because I I, I I wholeheartedly agree. Everybody has come from ignorance mm. to grow into the adults we are today. Some people took a little bit longer. Some people have never reached there. But if we were held to the idea and and, and to the standards of our mistakes of the past, and just for that. For the rest of our life, well, well, that's what's wrong with society right now. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a conversation about that on another show. But let me add this too. Let me add this too. This can be a lesson just for and and once again, like we've all done our mistakes. We've all said things we didn't want to do, and everybody's you know hit that point tremendously. But especially in this generation now, especially the kids coming up, mm. always watch your receipts because everything that you do is going to be stapled. Everything you do is going to be stamped, especially if you put it on social media. If you're recording something, mm-hmm. everything has receipts. So uh, you just never know where you're going to go from the future. So just make sure you watch what you do. I mean, you don't have to be perfect, but just think before you act. Okay. Really quick. You brought a book of tea. Cause I totally forgot about this God, Cause we're running up on our time. Did anybody see the, the, the comments he made about Naomi? Recently? No. I forgot all about this and all the drama going on this week. Okay. <laughs> Basically she doesn't deserve Naomi's it. Gonna earn it. Okay, so, so quickly somebody could bring it up, but what happened before that is obviously Everybody went to Twitter to campaign for Naomi Deserves Better after the whole karaoke segment. Everyone knows her talent. Everyone's seeing both the popularity uh, that she has whenever she enters the ring, whenever she returns, uh, you know, the title runs that she had, uh, you know, her popularity both in the ring and outside the ring as far as social media and, and Total Divas and all that other good stuff. But She's never, ever been, as they're saying, given the opportunity to really arise to the stardom that she could absolutely capture. She's one of the best in uh, in all of professional wrestling. And thus, the whole give Naomi, Naomi a chance. Uh, I think that's the hashtag. I think. Naomi deserves better. Yeah, yeah, Naomi deserves better. Much like the Becky Lynch one back in the day. And somebody else, as of recently, I can't remember. Nonetheless, Booker T uh, has some uh, really different feelings about that. So if you have that, uh, could you read it really quick? Oh, nobody has it out. here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, y'all supposed to be on it. The the long and short of it is Booker T was playing the whole. Now she's got she's got to earn her. 
her spot. Here, okay, here we go. Quote, they can go to hell with all these hashtags as far as I'm concerned. Nobody deserves a chance, all right? First and foremost, you have to earn your chance and your spot on the roster. This is not some movement to just pull somebody up just because I hate to sit here and say this and talk this way because I like Naomi, but as far as the business goes, you get it on your merit alone. That's it. It's no buddy system. I know somebody's going to hear me and say, well, such and such, and that's why they are doing it. Yes, that may be true. But life is not fair. Sometimes you have to make your own breaks. Sometimes you have to go out there and rise to the occasion when no one else thought you could. It may not happen overnight. No one expected me, including myself, to become a six-time world champion, end quote. So very similar to the typical, you know, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make your own way. And, you know, there's no handouts Mm -hmm. here kind of mentality. And yeah, which is it's complicated in wrestling when you when you when you bring that up because we know it ain't like he said wrestling ain't fair it ain't fair it's not a meritocracy so who has not heard this all right jamal what's your thoughts on this um i partially agree with him i i I hate when people use the word deserve yeah as if this is an actual sport with a uh, with a set of rules that are and an authority that's outside of the matchmaking system that it is now there are a lot of people that you that are your favorites for a reason and good for them but what do they deserve the only thing that Vince McMahon cares about is who's going to bring him the most money yep and realistically because of America and it's a numbers thing and it's a lot of different you know subtleties with that but the bottom line is is that america may not see black people uh as championship material off the bat you look at john cena he typifies america naomi may not yet in 20 years she might once you know the numbers get a little bit more even once the consciousness of america gets a little bit more evolved but right now today in 2020 I don't see a boardroom full of 50 plus year old white men looking at Naomi and looking at Lacey Evans and going, give me the one with the hair. No, no, no. The big hair. I I, I just don't see it. I wish that it were a thing with the lack of a lot of representation backstage, a lot of representation in the creative process is kind of where we are, you know, and I'm not saying that we need to see Heath Slater in a rap battle because of it. So, yeah, obviously, get the black ones to do it because it's rap. But also, I also wouldn't expect to see the Usos in a country sing-off. So doing a karaoke thing kind of is what it is. But this is what happens when you have men writing for women. Prove to me that a woman wrote that segment. And and, and if you can't, send me a message at, at Giant Crab on the Twitter machine. I would love to see that. And I'll eat crow. But this is exactly what happens when you have when you lack representation in key areas. It shows through the product. And I think that Naomi, for what it's worth, she's come a hell of a long way from a funkadactyl. Yep. Um, Absolutely. You know, and there have been times where they have capitalized on her impact with the whole glow thing and, uh, you know, elevating the cheerleader dynamic and the into something more athletic than, say, a Carmella, who comes from the exact same background. And Naomi does it better, in my in my opinion. But does she deserve things? Why? 
What has she done that actually makes makes her deserve something as if she's being slighted by not having it? Yeah. By collecting a paycheck for 10 years? I, and, and I, I definitely agree with the whole word deserve. I just think that uh, the way I look at it is that um, it, with wrestling, I feel like opportunities come in unique ways. I mean, we, we could talk about Becky Lynch's roster success because God knows. I mean, again, she was the same product of the Becky deserves better. Give Becky a push, whatever the hashtag was. And while I feel like sometimes Naomi is more of a humble person who does the work and all that other good stuff. A lot of the time that the popularity and the drive comes from the self campaigning for yourself on social media. It's been a device that's worked uh, for Becky, even um, uh, Nia Jax and so forth. So like, you know, the word deserve is kind of reg- relative, but I guess from a fan perspective, like, Hey, I would really like to see this person get a, lo- a lot more opportunity and success and you can't really word that in a quick hashtag, you know. But so, uh, let me ask this as a devil's advocate, though. This here's my only the counteract to, and this is real quick. So Naomi is a two-time champ, right? A three-time champ. How many times is she a world twice. champion? Twice. twice. So would this is the same conversation relevant if she wasn't a champ versus being a two-time champ? Because she's already had those moments. Now it hasn't been consistent. But it's like she's already had those moments. So would these would these comments really apply to her because she's had these moments before? We can just argue it wasn't consistent enough where she continued to stay on top. If that yeah, makes I mean, sense. Yeah, she was a champion, but people want to see her have a reign and a, a, like a long term, like three or four, uh, five, five or, months, or, or a moment of like relevance. You know, something that you say right. like, "Hey, what they're doing with her is must watch right now." I, that's yeah. that's what I'm getting at with that. You know, I mean, to be fair, and to, to your point, Marcellus, I would love to see Kofi, uh, not Kofi, but Naomi, have a Kofi-like run yep. over a, a couple seasons. I and maybe, maybe that ends at SummerSlam, starting at Royal Rumble. That's only eight months. Maybe it starts at, at, at SummerSlam and ends at WrestleMania. I don't know. But a prominent run where you could say that this, this year or this more than three quarters of that year belong to this person. Kofi had that run, and I think that rubber stamps his, um, you know, fifteen minutes before uh, fifteen minutes fifteen minutes of fame, and he extrapolated that over eight months. That rubber stamps is a Hall of Fame ticket. However, I do believe that Naomi should have that opportunity, and unfortunately, when you tell them to grab the brass ring, and they do, they punish you for getting over by yourself. Well, fuck. What do you What do you want me to do? I mean, that's that's it's a double edged sword with anything that any product that you don't control over your own. So, you know, it's, I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna quickly jump in and just say this all started back years ago with hashtag give divas a chance on social mm-hmm. media when they were only getting one minute matches, and that started the groundswell for something like evolution to even be a thing. Now, I think with Naomi's thing recently because it actually hit the general populace because Kiki Palmer, the actress and singer said she wanted to play Naomi in a movie. So that actually hit mainstream media. And so it picked up a little bit more steam. Do I honestly think it's going to be anything? Not in the short term. No, but I I guarantee you, we're not going to have another karaoke segment with the women again. (laughs) Well, and something to keep in mind also, we're talking about, you know, the, the having a meaningful title reign, that sounds familiar because that's the story we've heard for years about Sasha Banks. Right. She wins the title, but then she loses it right away. She never gets a meaningful title reign. And look at Sasha Banks now. She's having the run of her career. 
right now as like the hottest damn commodity with her and Bailey on all the darn shows. So your opportunity comes in a lot of darn ways. It's not always necessarily the title, but to speak to Naomi's whole situation right now, it's like, okay. Naomi's not in a prime position right now, but they sure as hell ain't going to pull Bailey and Sasha and Asuka out of what they're doing right now to give Naomi her shot. It's like the timing's not right right now, but Sasha and Bailey used to be in that same position where Naomi is now. So it's all about timing. So yeah. you stick around, you stick it out and you know, things change. Sasha and Bailey certainly haven't had a great road, but right now stuff's clicking for them. Yeah, it's so the it, it, that it whole thing with Kiki Palmer. That's gonna help. That I think that at least helps because at least at least shows like, oh, people out there pay attention to her. Mm-hmm, people in mm-hmm. Hollywood are paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. That that does nothing but help her cause. This is I'll this is the that. moment where this is the moment where it starts. If you know, and, and now yeah. it's, it's it's definitely up to her to to re- to work over this momentum. So you know, again, the word deserve is a really like relative term, you know. Because I, I, I hated him in, in my daily when they be like somebody deserves that job. But how do you know? You know, everybody works hard. You can't really evaluate things. But it does mean when you do get the opportunity or if there is a glimpse of opportunity, then you got to prove yourself. So we'll we'll see. But I, I, again, I think that kind of th- that moment starts now. Let's get to our news and then we're going to wrap up the show for tonight. OK, so I'm just going to go over some headlines really quick because we're way over time and um, it's past my bedtime already. So um, Cody Rhodes did a pretty in- interesting interview with Sports Illustrated. Um, talks a little bit about uh, his preparation before matches and how he transfers from business to, uh, you know, wrestler. Uh, talked a little bit about Rey Mysterio and who's a free agent technically. Um, and potential opponents for the TNT Championship. So if you head over to Sports Illustrated, uh, definitely worth a read there. Wade Barrett, no, Stu Bennett. Uh, he works for NWA now, and he basically said, yeah, I don't think we're going to run shows this year. Not a, not official for management, but Billy Corgan really doesn't want to run shows without TV, uh, without fans. Um, and that is, is, you know, understandable and commendable, especially if he's continuing to pay his employees. Eric Young, who is now at Impact, he did an interview with uh, Buster Open Radio on Sirius XM. And he said, and I quote about WWE's micromanagement, there's no creativity. They wanted everyone to do the same things and be the same and bump the same and sell the same. And there's a million rules and those change daily. It's really hard to understand what's going on and why it's going on. The system is flawed. And I would say that to anyone there and I would say it to Vince itself. So if you could extrapolate that over to what Naomi's going through or not going through, but over her frustrations, uh, you know, it's kind of a known thing that WWE is kind of a organized chaos behind the scenes. Uh, Keith Lee. <laughs> Big to do. Uh, he is double champion, second ever double champion in, in NXT. Adam Cole was the first. Ask Pat McAfee about that. Keith Lee is suddenly giving up the North American Championship because it doesn't mean a goddamn after him winning the uh, the big belt. What was the point of the whole double champion thing if he just going to you know relinquish it? NXT also got absolutely railroaded by AEW in, in the uh, ratings. <laughs> and that's important. Not because the ratings matter to me. I don't own stock in anything. It's important because this is the highest rating for AEW since COVID hit. And I think that that is very telling that NXT was at 600-something thousand, 615, and AEW is at 850. That's a huge number when Major League Baseball was on in preseason – uh, you know, other sports are coming back. The NBA was playing yesterday. 
and hockey will be coming back next week. That's a huge, huge number uh, for a taped show. It wasn't even live, which means something to people. And the fact that they were able to do that number, putting them pre-COVID numbers, is a very interesting time for AEW. And it hinges on a lot of surprises. Eddie Kingston made it, made a, um, an appearance last night in, in a hell of an opening match. Um, the women's tournament and all of that, you know, the women in, in, a, in a position of prominence in that o'clock. People like Moxley for reasons. Um, so he got his shit in. And then, of course, Jericho, um, you know, ended the night with Sammy Guevara coming back. And this is after Darby Allen coming back the week before. Um, so a lot of interesting things happen, and it leads to a monster rating for NX, for uh, AEW. While NXT has their double champion give up a belt for reasons. Um, Tournament. Right. Unfortunately, uh, Darby Allen. the rumor is, is that he may have a concussion. Let's hope that's not mm-hmm. the case. If, if it is, let's hope it's, it's not serious enough where he can't come back because that show was taped last night. It was taped last Thursday, I believe. So that gives him, uh, you know, 10, 11 days before he would have to be back in the ring uh, for the next show. So hopefully he's okay there. There's a lot of wrestling actually happening, considering that the Rona is the elephant of the room in the country. Uh, If you're in Jersey, Synergy uh, 2020, the Garden State Invitational, Crown Point, Indiana, just outside of Chicago, Black Label Pro is doing a thing, Uh, GCW, they're having a a two-day, you know, event in Atlantic City on the boardwalk. CCW is having Lucha Mania in Nashville. uh, And and these are all just Saturday. Uh, Apparently Beyond Wrestling is having a show in Atlantic City along with GCW um, on Sunday. So it's pretty bananas that live wrestling is actually happening in places of the country. Obviously, other wrestling is happening live and with fans in other parts of the world, including ICW, in uh, Newcastle on Saturday, and uh, New Japan in Nagoya, is that's happening on Saturday or Sunday or whenever the hell Japanese time is, because it's in the middle of the night here. Uh, so a lot of wrestling is actually happening live, and some of it's happening with fans. And then here's the thing. Atlantic City, they're sold out in GCW. If they can do it, why can't AEW or WWE? And, and that can, that's something that we'll, we'll just discuss a, a, in a greater in-depth uh, next week. But a re- I'm not going to say that it doesn't make sense because safety is more important. And honestly, if they had to, only because TNT has a gun to their head, and so does Fox, do, are they even doing shows? NWA is on YouTube. They don't have to do shows. And, and Billy Corgan's not. But if you can do a show safely as... GCW has been doing shows in Jersey. They did a show last weekend or the weekend before that. One of my favorites, Ali Cat, is going to be on the on the Sunday show in Atlantic City. I'm just saying, are we that far away from WWE and AEW having shows with fans? And since Jacksonville is 20 minutes away from the beach, it can happen. Orlando is a little bit further, but WWE travels for a living. I'm saying a show with fans, a real show with fans, not behind the hockey boards, could be closer <laughs> than we think. And honestly, I hope so, uh, because I think the fans that would want to see it safely, they deserve an opportunity to go. Hmm. I'll be at home, because fuck that, COVID's still out there. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very last thing, and we can wrap it up after this. 
If you are in Navarro, Texas, please be on the lookout for a kangaroo. This is not wrestling related, but it is important that a kangaroo will beat your ass if you look at it the wrong way. Yeah, he used to have Tekken. <laughs> right. So if you are a, a kangaroo escaped from a private zoo um, out there in Navarro, Texas. So if you are looking out for kangaroo, uh, you know, please call the local authorities through a 311 or something. Just don't go near it because it will fuck you up and take your lunch money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's the news this week. And Damien, how far is that from you? Way too far. I don't got to okay. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hopping by your... It ain't no, I'm by my door right now. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I know Matt Hardy fought a kangaroo. Him and Jeff Hardy fought a kangaroo once for training, called it Smoking Joe Frazier. Not the same kangaroo for all you wrestling fans out there. Right. <laughs> they don't all look alike. By the way, I meant to mention this earlier, but uh, Sasha McKenzie promo that she did against uh, Akara Shida for uh, the, the AEW Women's Championship did way more than AEW did for his own women on programming this week. That was a hell of a promo, and it definitely, I feel, was the right intentions with Akara Shida saying that she would face anybody, and they didn't address that at all. <laughs> so, uh, unless it's something I was missing, but that was a hell of a promo on her Twitter page, uh, not only for herself, but other talent as well who are available. So, I thought that was pretty dope. Anyway, that's all we got for the week. We'll be back next Thursday. Uh, our winners, definitely hit us up. So you can claim your uh, your your codes for yeah the event this Saturday. So let's and say their names again, by the way. So it's at Vidal Es forty one on Twitter, as well as Captain Hype on Twitter. <laughs> you know it, bro. And yeah, we're out. Oh, and uh, what was I about to say? Oh yeah, wear them damn masks. That's right. <laughs> now we're out for the week. We'll see y'all next Thursday. <laughs>